When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Okay. So interviews are coming back soon, so don't panic. But here is about an hour-long live episode I did originally for Instagram. And the reason I do these live episodes is I I, I never know what I'm going to say. I just suddenly feel this desire or compulsion or impulse to do go live to a bunch of people and then feed off that energy and talk about whatever arises. And usually it's a day when I've been, you know, really sitting quite a bit and meditating and I have a lot of um I, I have a lot of feeling that there's something to say about something that can't be said. Because <laughs> the paradox is you really can't put in words what reality is, what your true nature is, what awakening is, what liberation is. It's, it, you can't put it in words, but you can use words as a sort of signpost that point you in the direction. And every now and again, it feels right to try to do that. And partially because it helps me. So this was one I did uh, just the other day. The video will be linked to in the show notes. Um, it's on YouTube now. And you know, feeding off the comments, we started goofing off, but then it started getting into things that I've been talking about recently and working on recently on myself, with myself, things like unconscious trauma that's kind of stored in the body and allowing that and creating a safe space for that. And I talk about a Tara Brock video that I'm gonna link to in the show notes as well that my friend Simon Brown, who I'll be doing a podcast with soon, uh, turned me on to. Uh, and that was a really helpful sort of way of framing because often I'll tell people, you know, focus down into the body, feel into the body. But if you've had severe trauma as a child or even later, it's very hard to do that because often there's a kind of dissociation. So we dive into trauma and modalities to sort of heal the dissociation from mind, body, and sort of spirit that happens, that can happen with trauma. So I think this, you know, the feedback I got on this video conversation was quite good. So I thought I should share it here. So without further ado, we'll just launch into it. Now, one thing to know, um, there's a lot of silent space. So if you wanna watch the video, you can see what that's about. It's it's a lot of sitting in stillness. So it doesn't mean your audio is broken. It means try to listen with your whole body. Try to be very present when you're listening to this. It'll be harder to listen to if you're driving and stuff for those segments, but um also, if you know if you find this helpful and you want to join one of our Zoom meetings, I talk about how to do that. Just join one of our supporter groups. It's like five bucks a month, and we do these um, Zoom meetings where we get together and kind of share our experience around this aspect of realization. All right, interviews coming soon. Thanks again, and we'll get right to it. Here's the show. I got a meditation retreat coming up in a month, but I feel like I'm on retreat already because. Time isn't really a thing. <laughs> and it's always eternally this. What's going on with y'all? At lunch, hospital, cafeteria. Speaking about always eternally this, man. They need to mix up that menu. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's one thing to stare right in front of your face at the raging inferno of reality 
emerging from no thing into all things, like the Plato's cave of illusion as reality. And it's another thing to eat the same chimichangas every day. You know, it took me a long time to realize, <laughs> it's so many years. I was this years old when I realized that Summer, Sander, Summer Wheatley in Napoleon Dynamite was being racist when she said, when she was running for class president and she said, who wants to eat chimichangas every day? Not me. And I just realized that she was basically making fun of Pedro's ethnicity. I just thought she was being dumb, but I guess it was both. <laughs> who wants to eat chimichangas every day? Um, when's the next music video coming out? Hisoera something. I can't even read y'all's handles anymore because Instagram's handles are just whack. Um, I don't know, dude. We could do anything you want. We'll do a music video right now. I was driving here listening to Moving Out by Billy Joel. It showed up on my... By the way, my daughter, who's 15 and a half, now has a driver's permit. That's terrifying. I'll tell you that story, but maybe. But uh, she's a huge Billy Joel fan. She knows Billy Joel songs I've never heard. And I'm like, dude, the old man ought to at least know Billy Joel. I'm from New Jersey too. Like that shit, it's like in the blood, but nope. But yeah, what a great song moving out about, hey man, you just keep chasing that hamster wheel of acquisition and money and you know, you can get a Cadillac. What are you going to do with a broken back? At least you can polish the fender, you know. And if that's how does it go? That's what it's all about. Na, 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 na. Mama, if that's moving up, then I'm moving out. Yeah, I need voice lessons. It's true. Um, little pitchy dog. Salim says, wait till she leaves that car all by her, leaves in that car all by herself. Your heart will stop. Dude, I don't know if it can stop any more than it stopped this weekend taking her around driving and just like, and I don't have one of those driver's ed brakes. I got to be grabbing the wheel. You know what? I was very proud of myself. I had a lot of equanimity. Actually, I was very calm. I never yelled. I never lost my temper. I never screamed. I would say things like, well, now listen, I just need you to know that when I say stop, you're going to push on the brake and not the gas. By the way, I got a bumper sticker that says, um, it's like a magnetic one. It says student driver. And then at the bottom it says, and screaming parent, which was perfect. People gave us a lot of leeway. Um, could definitely do a good parody on that song, Nurses Strikes, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even want to parody it. It's too perfect. We did do the parody for uh, Always a Woman with Always a Nurse, right? Um, Cover Girl says, I guess your parents wouldn't let you be a singer. It's more that uh, talent wouldn't let me be a singer. <laughs> My kids who have a much better musical sense than me, both of them are really good violinists. Um, they constantly make fun of my lack of musical ability, even though all my life I've struggled, like play guitar, you know, take voice lessons, try to learn to sing, like all this doesn't matter. If you innately suck, you innately suck. But it's really about, it's really about showing up and owning it, right? Like I'll walk on a stage in front of, you know, 10,000 people in the LA convention center and I'll just sing shitty. I don't care. <laughs> but then I'll go home and just be like, God, I sung shitty. And then all the shame and the sense of humiliation. And actually, this is an interesting thing. I I've said this recently to my supporters. 
there's that saying, right? I think it was Sartre who said, hell is other people. And notice, notice, he didn't say hell is people. He said, hell is other people. The idea we create in our mind, this mind creation that there are others and there are self, and somehow others define self because we're social creatures, what others think, how others relate to you, somehow defines what you are. And so you go up in front on stage and you sing shitty in front of 10,000 people, then you go home and the mind creates this scenario where 10,000 others have now defined you as a terrible singer. And uh, then you suffer, then you're just like, oh. But in reality, if you just really inquire deep into what, um, what that is, you know? You just realize, oh wait, okay. So a thought arises of other people in my singing, then there's a feeling in the body that's uncomfortable. And then there's a thought cascade to try to escape from that uncomfortable feeling by launching into a projection, into some degree of shame, into whatever that gets you away from this feeling in the body. The feeling in the body is totally innocent. So the practice is you sit with that feeling. Now, if you've had terrible trauma, if, you've, if you're detached from the body, like you've dissociated and you don't have that sort of integration body-mind where you're really feeling what the body is telling you, it's hard to do this. So you have to kind of do the trauma work. You maybe have to do therapy. You maybe have to do work with PTSD, those kind of things before in a safe place. Tara Brock has a great video on this um, on YouTube. I forget the name of it on setting up these sort of conditions where you can work with trauma. But assuming you know, you've worked with that or your trauma isn't that so bad that you're detached from the body, man, this work is like key on realizing, realizing intuitively, not intellectually, that there's no separation um, and that there's no need to react in that way. And then you go on stage and you do whatever the fuck you want. Um, someone's texting me. Let me see what that's about. Hopefully it's, it's not Risa telling me the signal is bad. Nope, it's not. Um, so Kristen says, singing, humming, so great for polyvagal calming, right? It really is. Last night, it's funny, I was walking on my trail outside and it was dark and I got this little thing on Amazon that lights, it's like a, it's supposed to be a headlamp, but I just clip it on my jacket because I don't want to wear nothing on my head. My head's bright enough as it is. And I was walking in the dark and I had one AirPod in and I was listening to music and with the other um, AirPod out, I could hear my voice and I was just walking and singing. And nobody was there because it was black outside and uh, there are mountain lions and coyotes and there are signs everywhere that say no hiking after sunset. And I was like, that's the only time to go. And so I did like seven miles of loop just singing the whole time. And at one point there were these kids out there at night sneaking around vaping. And uh, I was singing, um, oh, what was I singing? was something from like the 70s or 80s, pretty loudly and just having the time of my life, just in a total flow state. And uh, these kids were there squatting on the trail. I couldn't even see them until I came up. It was like Blair Witch Project type shit. Like they're just like in the corner squatting and, and vaping. And, um, and I just kept singing. I was like, fuck, who cares? You're gonna vape, you know, THC out here. You're gonna get, you're gonna have an experience. And that experience is some bald man emerging out of the gloom with a light that's so bright that they're like deer in the headlights. 
You just see a cloud of vape and they're just like this. They can't see me because it's like this beam of light. And then, you know, they just hear whatever I'm singing. Oh, what man, what even was it? Oh, it might've been Bruce Springsteen, Glory Days. Because I was like, glory days, dun, dun, dun. In the world of a young girl's eye, glory days. I don't even know the lyrics. Na, 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 na. Glory days, glory days. And, and, and these kids were just like, they were like Puff the Magic Dragon sitting there. And I'm internally just having a blast. I'm just laughing. And, um, and so the, the funny coda to this story is... Um, <laughs> I continue to walk probably about half a mile down the trail and they're going the other direction or they're just squatting there. And I look down because I've got this light and I see glinting a set of Audi, an Audi car clicker and keychain. And I remember visually that those kids were squatting on the ground with their shorts vaping. And I'm like, those little fuckers came out here with their daddy's Audi squatted down over here to vape keys fell out of their pocket because they're high and then they kept going squat somewhere else and vape some more in the dark because it's fun and trippy and now their keys are here and they're i mean this trail is like this is like seven miles of trail so i had a little um this was the most amazing thing so as i'm as this has come up these keys are on the ground Phil Collins in the air tonight is playing on my, because Apple Music just is trying to predict what I like and it's giving me all the hits, man. So of course, do, 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 do. I saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. Well, you can wipe off that grin. And I'm looking at these keys. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. And so it's all about like Phil Collins watching this guy do nothing as this kid drowns. And here I am looking at these keys and I'm like, what do I do? These two delinquents over here are like vaping weed with their daddy's Audi. And I'm like, my mind is like, fuck them. They're going to learn a lesson. They're not going to be able to get home because they don't even have lights. Like how the hell? I didn't see a light on them. They were walking around in the dark. They probably have their iPhone lights. So let them walk the entire trail and try to find this thing and fuck them. And then the other part of me the little compassionate part that actually doesn't see other <laughs> was like, dude, figure out what you're going to do here because there's going to be a lot of suffering when they find they don't have their keys and they're out in the dark with their daddy's car high. And um, so it just occurred to me, well, the keys are off on the side. They're going to miss them. So when they come walking back, their best chance of seeing them is if I put it right in the center of the trail and like clear a little path around it, like make a little totem around it. So it's like, look here. Because there's nowhere else I can put them. There's no lost and found here. This is nature. And I can't find, I'm not gonna go back and find them in the dark a mile back that way. Like I'm not that nice. I got to get home. Like I've been hiking already for six miles and I got the mile go home, right? So I did that, listening to Phil Collins, do, 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 da, da. And I'm like, okay, I did the best I could. I didn't let him drown, but I also didn't jump in and save him. I called for help. That was, that was, the, that was the compromise. So I continue to walk. The thing is a loop, right? So these kids actually 
are on one of the parallel loops. When I'm leaving, I see an iPhone light and I see it pointing at the ground and I see the two of them just looking intently, like probably, I don't know, thousand feet down. So I see this light and I'm like, okay, I know what they're doing. So I shout out there, hey guys, you looking for your keys? And I hear, oh, yeah. And I'm like, I got you. Walk about a mile that way on the trail you're on and look right in the center where I put them. And I put a little scoop around them and you'll find your keys. And they were like, oh, thanks. (laughs) So that was my story. What's the point? I don't know. Was it an act of kindness or an act of punishment that I did? Don't know. I could have picked him up. Then when I seen him, I could have just run over there, but I had no guarantee I was going to see him. And if I put him at the entrance to the trail, they would have been searching that trail all night and then finally got into the entrance. Maybe that would have been better. They would have missed it because they're idiots. But yeah, so that happened. (laughs) Melissa says, genius uh, like the mysterious hood fairy for wayward mischievous teens. That's right. I'm the bald, magical brown man that teaches the white kids a lesson. (laughs) Like these two fucking rich kids smoking weed. They have all this time to just go out in the boonies and smoke weed in their daddy's Audi. And uh, the the mystical brown man appears and is like, everything is consciousness and you've done fucked up, kid. (laughs) Oh, Drew. Yeah. So that was a thing. Um, I never know what I'm talking about when I do these things. I haven't really felt like doing a lot of videos. I've I've been sitting in meditation quite a bit, feeling a lot of strong emotion. Yesterday, it was interesting. It was like, um, it was so paralyzing because I was, again, this tends to happen, feeling all the suffering of humanity. Like I'd read some article about, um, I I shouldn't look at the news at all, but I couldn't resist. I read something about... um, the uh, footage of the Hamas attack that the Israelis screened for these journalists and they were describing this footage. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. As does, you know, the death of 2000 children in Gaza, as does starving infants in Africa. I mean, all of it is collective human trauma, right? We all feel it. We can feel it. We may not know what it is, but when you open up the sort of energetics of the body and you really let that in, collective human trauma, um, you can't catch your breath. Like it's that, that much. And the gateway to that, to feeling that, I know it sounds really appealing, right? Like, how do I do this? <laughs> but it, it, it really is, um, it's an act of unconditional love to allow that knowing of human suffering because the gateway to it, the initial gateway to it is allowing your own suffering to be recognized and acknowledged and building a, you know, opening a space for it in the body and just really holding it, really just allowing it and saying, okay, this is welcome here. Like, I'm not going to resist this anymore. I'm not going to jump into thought. I'm not going to jump into story. I'm not going to jump into addiction or eating or smoking or whatever that is make puts distance between what's happening in the body that I've never allowed because it was overwhelming when I was a kid and this thing happened to me, whatever it is. You don't even have to remember what that trauma was. It's complex. 
and ongoing. When we're kids, everything is a trauma that isn't a joy, right? Someone yells at you, it's a trauma. Someone uh, tells you you're not enough, it's a trauma and it gets stored in the body. And sometimes it's so much that you can't face it at all. And so you detach from that feeling in the body and you start to learn to escape into thought, into story, into comfort, you know, whether it's whatever, addiction, distraction. So it's an act of love to start with yourself and feel into the body, reconnect with the body and go, where is that happening? It doesn't even matter what it is. I'm gonna allow it fully. So maybe you're, you know, doubled over sobbing, feeling this thing, or maybe you're feeling that it's transmuting into a kind of acceptance and love. You're kind of holding this inner child that had this wounding when you were so young and it's totally innocent. The child didn't do anything to deserve that and didn't do anything to, it's not their fault that they detached or created this kind of numbing situation. It's natural, it's conditioned, you know? So that kind of forgiveness, acceptance of self can open the energetic gate to then feel, you know, you're like, oh my God, it's this much in me. How does this feel in billions of people over a billion, you know, a million years of collective human trauma? And you let that in and you're not even doing it. You can't really control that. But by dropping those defenses, and by the way, having some degree of clarity, realization, awakening makes this inevitable because now you can't hide in thought like you used to. You can get lost in thought, sure. You can identify with self, sure. But you can't, again, fully hide because the jig is up. You've seen reality. You've seen even if it's a two-second glimpse of this radiant no-thing, eternity staring at you right now in every moment. That's actually what you are more than this. <laughs> this is a just pure appearance, Plato's cave. It's just shadows. What's casting the light? So once you see that in any form, lasting or transient, the jig is up for avoidance. The jig is up for being able to numb yourself in that way anymore. So then these things will arise and it may be that <clears throat> you don't have the luxury and you're at work and it happens and people just think you're in a mood or you have the luxury like I do now of just taking a day sitting at home in your chair and feeling all the feels. And then you go pick up your kids and then you make dinner. Chop wood, carry water, as they say in Zen. But it's that opening that is the act of love that you're not really doing. It's love loving love because it's all that. And without allowing the darkest, darkest, places to experience that light of your awareness, of your knowing, of your acceptance, saying, yeah, it's okay, that you're okay, it's innocent, and then allow it. Doris has been learning about trauma being stored in DNA from prior generations, fascinating. Yeah, we talk about DNA methylation. By the way, all of that's a story. It's beautiful how it all, the shadows, the shadow world of illusion that we live in, the Buddhists call it samsara, right? The Christians distinguish the kingdom of heaven from earth. But Jesus really said, they're not too, when you really allow, right? But this, this um, 
shadow world has appears in many different forms that thought can describe and can grasp and can seemingly understand. DNA is just crystallized karma. It's crystallized causes and conditions from the apparent past into the apparent now. Um, so yeah, trauma is can be intergenerational. Trauma can be collective. Like the trauma of like, oh, look, here's a good example. You know, we apparently evolved in the Serengeti plain and there were animals that were trying to kill us. Um, I remember back in 2002, we visited Thailand, my wife and I, when we were residents and we were in a theater where they were doing some show or something. And at some point, because this is Thailand, they don't have the rules, regulations, and legal structures to worry about safetyism. They just do whatever the hell they want. So at one point, they let a, a whole white tiger loose on the stage with no leash and no barrier between the audience and the tiger. And the tiger's trained, clearly. And it's just wandering on the stage, doing stuff with the trainer and whatever. But the minute this tiger came out on stage without any restraint, I could feel instantly in the body. And I have no experience with these animals, right? No, no uh, contemporary experience with an uncaged tiger. But the minute that tiger came out, the body lit up with a fear response. Like I could feel it energetically. It was like, like run like fight or flight instantly. No thinking, no story. No, oh, there's a tiger, it's gonna eat me. Just That is a collective human conditioning. You could call it trauma. That is passed down, you can say in DNA, uh, because that's what we see in the world of form, but it's all energetic. It's all energy, D DNA is energy, all matter is energy, Einstein said that. So, you know, there it is, all interdependent, all interwoven. As they say, the past is not gone. It's not even past. <laughs> um, yeah. So what does that have to do with you? Well, if you think you don't have trauma, or you had a perfect upbringing, or there's nothing stored in the body that you haven't felt, maybe question that belief. You know, sit, drop attention into body. And, th and this is something that I, I, I often will advocate when I'm talking people through a, a meditation or we're doing one of our supporter Zoom meetings. We did one on Sunday. If you're in our supporter tribe, the $5 a month thing, either Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, locals, you'll get a notification that we're doing the meeting and then the Zoom link. And so we had a beautiful crew and we all told our experience of how things are unfolding and it's really lovely. Um, but often I'll point people into the body and I'll say, okay, drop, you know, close your eyes, drop attention into this field of sensation and energy that we're calling body. And what, I, what I've realized since is many people can do that and some can't. People who've had serious trauma with dissociation from the body have real difficulty. They're either triggered or they can't feel the body. And that kind of block requires a lot of delicate nurturing to get through and it needs help and, and uh, but it can be done. It can absolutely be done and integrated. 
Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode. It's Dr. Z. Just a quick pitch here. If you can just leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, it helps us a lot. I also want to hear what you think about this episode when you're done listening. Hello at ZDogMD.com. It's the best way for me to hear your voice because the emails come right to me. And we don't have a comment section on most podcast platforms. Maybe Spotify has one, but nobody else does. So it really gets your voice involved on episodes, especially that don't have a video. And the third thing is if you want to be a part of this community and support the show, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. You can join on YouTube, Locals, Facebook, Instagram. You get live videos with me where we're talking about these things in depth, uncensored, and your comments are fully incorporated as in real time. And then we do these Zoom meetings where it's really like a beautiful community where we share our experiences on the awakening journeyless journey. How are we going to transform ourselves so we can transform healthcare and education and government? Because those systems are epiphenomena of us. Until we wake up, those systems will stay asleep. They'll, they're just an expression of our own delusion. So being a part of that, it supports this message so others can hear it. And it also allows for our own collective growth. So we need each other in that way. It's really, really, really tightly interwoven and interdependent. That's it. Back to your regular schedule, regularly scheduled show. You know, that, And that's why this Tara Brock video, actually, I have to, shoot, I have to find what, what this was because- it's lame for me to tell you this and not give you the name of the video. It's a beautiful video. You can sit and listen to it with your whole sort of body. Find a quiet spot. It's about an hour long. It's called Healing Trauma. The light shines through the broken places with Tara Brock. And my friend, Simon Brown, who I'll be doing a podcast with, turned me on to this video. It's beautiful. Um, and it's Tara Brock, B-R-A-C-H. She's a wonderful uh, teacher. And also, I think, a psychologist. So she kind of melds those aspects together, which I think is very powerful. Um, so yeah, trauma. Nocturne says, it's definitely worth the locals coins. Yeah, being in the supporter group. You know, increasingly I'm gonna focus my attention there because people who really are drawn to this, whatever this is, tease, you know, it's a, it's a cost of a cup of coffee for me a month, you're basically buying me a cup of coffee if you join that group. And then you're around people that care about this. So if this is what you care about, and it's also, you know, there's medical stuff and all that, but really it's about this. It's about waking up to your true nature. It's about exploring reality. It's about forming a community uh, that really is trying to realize this idea that everything is unconditional, unconditional perfection and love even when it's not, even when it seems like it's not, it, you know, liberation from suffering. Um, it's a pretty small price and it pays for all of this because I don't do a lot of other stuff now. I just don't. I don't uh, do sponsorships. I don't do, you know, don't generate a lot of ad revenue because I don't make a lot of new videos. So, um, but I love doing this. So there it is. Melissa says, Locals is absolutely my favorite and subscribing to you uh, three places is still a lot cheaper than therapy. <laughs> Thank you. So $15 a month. That's awesome. Um, it is a kind of therapy for all of us. I mean, the reason I go live to my supporters is it's my process. Like it's my little satsang. It's my church. It's my group. Um, so I can say all the things that I'm going through and find that, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone at all. And 
whatever little wisdom that I glean, I try to share and I get 10X the wisdom from the people in the group, especially on the Zoom calls. Those are really lovely. Um, ah, you're welcome. H. Saleh. So what else? What else? Um, I, I wanted to do a video on free will again because I've done videos on free will back in the day and I was kind of what they call a hard determinist. In other words, there's no free will at all. Um, everything's mechanically determined by causing conditions in the universe. And we're just robots playing out the programming. My understanding of free will now is that, oh no, it's not even that. Free will is absolutely not what we think. Like the idea that we really genuinely feel like we're making decisions, that we have some agency, that we have control over what happens next because we can choose. That is an illusion because the person we think we are that could make those decisions at the fundamental level is a shadow, is a play of light and sound and sensation. It's not an entity. There isn't a you behind your eyes making decisions. So in that sense, free will is absolutely an illusion because there's no one to make the decision. Decisions are made, right? Decisions are made, but there's no you doing it. So then the question is, well, okay, so what is doing it? Is it the causes and conditions of the entire universe? In other words, it's determined, it's fate, it's predetermined. You have no say in it. And if we had a perfect computer, we could predict with 100% accuracy what's gonna happen next, right? A quantum computer that could do this. That's actually the premise of the show Devs, D-E-V-S on FX. I think it's on Hulu too, that you can, perfectly predict the future. But it turns out, is that true? Is that true? Is this a mechanical universe unwinding like a clock spring? And that if you could go back to the Big Bang, you could predict everything that happens if you knew every particle and even the quantum uncertainty of it. Mm. But the realization from here is that neither of those are true and neither are strictly false. Everything is happening spontaneously here, now, coming from no thing that actually is everything. And that no thing is intelligent, not in the way we talk about intelligence, but it's alive. It's awake. So decisions arise spontaneously now from a deep mystery, from darkness, from no thing. So you could say, well, oh, is God actually making all the decisions? Well, you could spin it that way for sure. You could say, well, it's just God deciding everything in real time. But it's even deeper than that. It is an abject mystery. Nothing knows what is gonna happen next. What decision is gonna be made by you 
is the sum total of the interdependency of all of the apparent reality plus this emergent mystery phenomenon from the no thing that's staring at you right in the face, radiating all of reality as an image, neither existent nor not existent, just what is now. Did it even exist? It's so ephemeral. So where is the agent who could have free will? This is the paradox. The appearance itself is made of awareness and it is aware of itself as an agent, as an appearance. And so Zubin thinks Zubin is real. And so when Zubin makes a decision, when a decision happens, Zubin has the experience that he made the decision. And in that sense, the appearance of free will is free will. Zubin is exercising free will. And at the same time, Zubin doesn't exist as an entity. And at the same time, Zubin thinking there's free will changes Zubin's behavior in the next moment. <laughs> you see how it just becomes an interdependent web beyond human understanding, but it can be felt and known intuitively by that deeper knowing of what this is. And then it's seen to be perfect. Decisions are happening perfectly. And so there's a kind of self-forgiveness. Oh, I made this terrible decision. It could have been otherwise. Nope, couldn't have been. And by the way, it wasn't, it was perfect. It was exactly what needed to happen. Why? Because it happened, it couldn't have been otherwise. That trauma when you were young, your uncle sexually abused you, it couldn't have been otherwise. It was intolerable for the child. So the child dissociated and detached, now has a lifetime of difficulties with relationships, intimacy, food addiction, other addiction, depression, anxiety, chronic hypertension, diabetes. All of that spun out from that interaction, but it could not have been otherwise. So from here, if the organism knows that it could have been otherwise, thought thinks that should never have happened, blame, and it's often self-blame. If I had just been different, he wouldn't have touched me. I'm just giving this as an example of something that's so traumatizing for people, sexual abuse. I don't know why I'm going here, but I decided just, the mind just said, go to the darkest place you can go. And if, if there's a feeling in the organism that that could have been otherwise, then where's the room for self-forgiveness? Where's the room for the dissolution of shame? Where's the room for the forgiveness of other that couldn't have acted otherwise? And you can still hold people accountable for what they've done and behave in an appropriate way. But if you realize that this is the nature of reality, now you can go, okay, so of course there was the innocent diso dissociation, there was the self-soothing, there was the 
the block with intimacy. There was the failure to feel that part of life that's now closed to me in the body. So what do I do? The next right thing. Surrender and surrender and surrender and surrender and surrender and let go and get help and surrender and let go and relapse and surrender and let go again and again and again and again and again. And unconditional love shows up as this facet of reality for self and for other and for all of human suffering. And of course, everything I just said will make no sense to a lot of people and to people who are feeling this rather than focusing on the words. They're feeling where these words are pointing. They know what I'm, they already know what I'm saying. I'm almost scared to look at the comments here. Let's see. It's a familiar story, Nocturne. Yeah. Sadly, it is. Um, okay, not a lot of comments. So, yeah. After any kind of glimpse of awakening, strong awakening, this work unfolds because reality wakes up to itself, apparently through the instrument of you, which is again, more story. And it can't stop looking for what is true. It can't stop seeing the dark places. And that can feel, if you, if you take yourself to be a separate self, that can feel difficult, intolerable, painful. But increasingly, you can't look away because awareness goes to those places. And you can either resist, and that resistance creates suffering, or you can continue to attempt to let go, let go, let go, let go, surrender to that process, trust it. That's really what I'm saying is you can trust this. 100%. When you know in your marrow that you can trust that process of looking, that the, that the resources and support will show up for you in unlikely places a lot of the time and at unlikely times perfectly, uh, then it's, it's just much more frictionless when it happens. Now, I've been very blessed to talk to a lot of people that are so highly realized that they will tell me, oh, what you're going through is normal. What you're experiencing is normal. What's happening is this is it. They get excited because they're like, yeah, this is where you need to go. We're afraid to go here. You're going to the darkest places that you've never wanted to go. Yeah. And I don't have a history of sexual trauma that I know of, that I remember. I just don't. I've got other stuff, right? And this is the thing. People will want to judge even the degree of their trauma. Oh, I haven't had much trauma. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think the degree of trauma is. It's trauma. Trauma is trauma. Just go there. Go to the place that you wouldn't go. You know, as Campbell says, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek because that's often the gateway to realization. You know, there's a saying in Zen, the gateway to nirvana, which is seeing truth, liberation, is through samsara. Samsara is this illusory world of form. And why is that? Because nirvana and samsara are not two. They are all 
even to say they're one isn't right because it implies there can be something other. It's just all this. It's made of the same no stuff. You're welcome, four dog. I still don't know why in an Instagram live, it tells me the names of all these people as they're joining, but it then buries comments in all that noise. Just show me the comments. I don't need to see a lot of handles. Nocturne says, even once let go, it retakes and must be let go of again and again. Okay, thank you. That's key. So you feel this. You process this very strong feeling in the body. You sit with it. You maybe feel and have images of the root trauma. And you're in a safe place. You've nurtured yourself the way Tara Brock talks about in her video uh, that I was mentioning to you. I'm, I'm gonna put it in the comments actually, hold on. The link right now before I forget. Share, copy. Yeah, here's that video. Um, and you've done the work and you felt it and you think, okay, I'm done with that now. And then a month later, a year later, it comes again, maybe stronger. That's how it goes. Especially those deeper traumas, they keep coming and you keep surrendering. And then at some point, something happens, it just dissolves. You know you've kind of hit the mark when it no longer has that weight, that reactivity, that triggering quality. You may still feel it in the body, but then it's light and it dissolves quickly. And this is true of all of reactivity as you do this work. Road rage, anger, reactivity it starts to soften and it's still, then it arises, it's recognized and it's let go very quickly, unconsciously almost, when you do this work. Judy says, you're putting my feelings into words. Um, one of my few gifts, I don't have many, <laughs> is I can articulate um, internal states reasonably well. And so as, as pointers, they can sometimes be helpful and sometimes confusing. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Sarah says, I can't really put links in the comments on Instagram. Oh, whoops. Oh, well. Maybe we'll try to put it in the description when we're done. I probably put this out on YouTube. You know, I usually do that. Um, and then it'll be there. And I'll put it in the comments because Instagram sucks for these longer videos. <clears throat> um, yeah. Let's see. How do you prevent being re-traumatized when revisiting? Great question. Definitely watch the Tara Brock video, that 58-minute video about this because if, if, if the trigger is so strong and you haven't created, she talks about you recognize that you have trauma, then you um, you really have to resource, that's that second R. You create a safe space where you can feel because if you don't feel safe, when you are re-exposed to the trigger, it's just gonna re-traumatize. 
and reinforce the feeling of lack of safety. So you, she gives these tips on how to create this safety. And some of it is feeling grounded in the body, feeling you know your butt on the chair, your feet on the ground, opening your eyes and seeing this, the kind of appearance of reality here and just centering and focusing. Then part of it is breathing. So she uses circular breathing where you, um, you take a six second breath in, don't hold, don't pause, immediately six second breath out. So it's a very, <clears throat> it's a very long circular breath. So it looks something like this and I'll count to six on my fingers. So breathe, so breathe out and then breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Out. You get it? So you don't pause between the breaths, you don't hold. You, you just make this beautiful, deep, slow, roughly six second in, six second out. If you can do that, if you can't, however long you can. And that can trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. So instead of fight or flight, it's rest and digest. So you're grounded in your chair or wherever you are in your back, you're lying down, that safe environment, you're breathing. Then she has other techniques like invoking images of people who make you feel safe, whether they're real or legendary, like maybe it's Jesus, maybe it's your husband or your wife, maybe it's your mother, whatever it is. Invoke these sort of, she calls them allies that arise and then provide safety for you, hold your hand. And then she talks about having a mantra that basically says, I am safe, I am loved, I am safe, you know, something like that. Actually, may I be safe, may I be loved, may I be safe. So it's kind of a, a meta, it's a, um, a loving kindness meditation game aimed at yourself. So you're wishing yourself well, which is a kind of love. So you're giving yourself the love, you're your own ally in that sense. So you're grounded, you're breathing, you have your allies and you have your ally, you're wishing yourself. And then you're feeling into the body and allowing that memory or thought to arise. And then you're staying, this is the third, the, the other piece of this now, is your presencing. You're staying present with this. You're allowing it fully and holding it. And so I would really encourage you to listen to her video because uh, I think it's beautiful. Um, and we're gonna do a podcast on this uh, with my friend Simon from the UK, who's really quite adept in this trauma work as a you know victim of trauma himself. So <clears throat> I don't like that term victim. As someone who's suffered trauma, yeah, because there are victims and there are students. Like you're constantly learning. I think there's a Welsh musician who said that there are, there are victims and there are students, um, which I think is quite beautiful. You know, it's the the difference between um, permanent trauma and PTSD and growth through adversity. And of course. You can't do that. So don't hold yourself accountable for being a victim or a student. It's like, it's just gonna show up how it does. So don't blame yourself if you've felt more like a victim than a student. 
because there are some there's trauma that's just it's impossible for especially the young mind to 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 at all deal with and so we have to have a lot of self-compassion and self-love for that child or young person or younger self. Could have been yesterday that you were traumatized, right? Hi from Toronto, Marie. You're very sweet. Um, okay. Other questions? I'll wait for a comment to show up. East Bay is in the house. Nice. Oh, you're very welcome, Dory. Sarah's on a walk. Marie, you're welcome. <laughs> Dizberique says, video quality of this Instagram live stream is, you know that just, when I get comments like that, it makes me so happy because I'm just such a geek about video and audio. I'm such a nerd about it. And when someone appreciates it, it just lights up the personality. Like I just get so excited. Because <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. No one cares about any of that. And then I get a comment like that. And I'm like, ah, someone sees it. That's nice. Not that you want to see me in high definition, but it's nice to just have good things every now and again. Melissa says, only one question. How are your talks so good at quieting my chatterboxy mind? And can that be bottled? So here's the secret, Melissa. I'm not doing that. My talk isn't doing anything. That is your true nature showing up. Your true nature is still your true nature is stillness in motion. Your true nature is paradox to the mind. Your true nature is beyond the storm clouds of thought. It's the sky itself that nothing can touch. And so every now and again, the clouds part and the sky asks, oh, how did that happen? but it doesn't need to because it's the sky. Nothing can hurt it. Nothing can change it. It's eternal. And it accepts everything, smoke, clouds, birds, rocket ships, meteors. It's still the sky. It provides the space for all those things to be, the reality for all those things. They're made of sky in a way. A cloud is made of sky. It's not other than sky. So that's what you are. 
And when that talks to that, it's truth talking to truth. Nothing to think about. No puzzle to solve. Just this. Feel into your body when the clouds part. What's there? Here, it's like a radiant aliveness, like currents of energy vibrating. Can't find them. They're in no place. There's no boundary, just aliveness, dancing in complete, empty, awake presence, made of it, clouds made of sky. The silence says everything you need to know. Now I'm really scared to look at the comments. Let's see. Tara, I'm still not getting how the example was meant to happen. Makes me still sad. Ah, if we're talking about the trauma example, please watch Tara Brock uh, healing trauma video on YouTube. It's like from eight years ago. Uh, I'll I'll try to put a link in the description. YouTube or Instagram doesn't really do it. Um, She really goes through it carefully. And it's good to get professional help if you have severe trauma. And sadness is okay. When did we decide sadness was not okay? When did we decide that feeling sadness is somehow a failure or something's wrong? Sadness is beautiful. Sadness can blossom into full-blown sorrow. What does sorrow feel like?
right here for me. Nehener says, where, how, or what books would you recommend to start with? For so, someone is, is someone familiar with the meditation but looking to get more into it? <clears throat> I really like Angelo DeLulo's book, Awake, uh, It's Your Turn. Get it on Amazon. There's also an audiobook version. Uh, that's a great start for all this. He's got a chapter on emotion, a chapter on thought, a chapter on awakening, a chapter on practices, a cha chapter on all the things. It's, oh, it's the best introduction to this if you are new and even if you're not. And then I do like Adya Shanti's books, The End of Your World, Emptiness Dancing, when you're a little more down the road. Congrats on your retirement as a NICU nurse, CM Zimmel. Thank you for your service. Nocturne 121 says anything in excess is problematic. That's a, that's a belief, isn't it? What is excess? I'll tell you what's problematic about sadness is when there's a person felt to be existing that owns the sadness, that holds it as a burden. That self, that person is an illusion, but that illusion is what causes the suffering. When there's something to hold the sadness and not bear it, then everything is in excess. When there's no person there, there's just sadness. How, does, how do terms like excess and not excess make any sense? They're dualistic terms. For every excess, there's a not enough, but then there's just sadness. Even the name sadness, drop it. There's just that, just that energy. Drop all the labels and all the terms and all the judgments that occur from self judging something separate from self. Then there's just that one happening. It's the whole universe. The sensation of sorrow is the entire visible universe for you. Why not? It is. What's outside of it? Thought. No, there's a room out. There's a world outside of here. That's a thought. This is it. What's in front of your face is it. It's always it, including the resistance, including the self-criticism, including the sense of selfing, the process of egoing. That's all it. It's all this. It's all radiance. It's all empty of any substantiality. It's Plato's cave. It's shadows and light. What's the source? Unknowable by the mind, but beable by the you, the real you, it is you. Roberto says, my wife witnessed me going through my heart attack three months later. She's more worried now than when it happened. Guess what? 
Trauma takes many forms. Losing a job can be trauma. Witnessing your husband have a heart attack can be trauma. And so now she's hypervigilant. She's showing the signs of the response to trauma that hasn't been fully integrated. So now what will you do based on what we've been talking about? It takes time and it takes support and it can take help. Can't do it alone a lot of the times. Especially the body work. Sometimes having something as simple as a real therapeutic massage or someone lay hands, moving the energy through the body, priceless. My wife does that for me. Yeah, it's powerful. It can open a lot of channels though. Suddenly you're feeling things that you're like, oh, I didn't want to feel that, but here it is. And then you just embrace, just surrender. You know, What is she feeling in her body when, when you were looking like you were gonna die? That isn't processed, isn't felt, isn't allowed now. So, and again, I'm just speculating. I don't know what's going on. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Every word I've said is untrue because they're just words. They're just thoughts pointing at thoughts. Just trying to point in the direction of what's unknowable by the mind. Don't know anything. Retired in August after 45 years as a NICU nurse, I left due to age harassment by two docs. I feel grief and the loss of who I am. That's normal. Of course you would feel that. Of course there's grief. 45 years as a nurse, that whole identity, all that conditioning, and then the trauma of retiring, and then of course. And there's going to be, blame is going to arise, age harassment. Um, Self-blame is going to arise. I should have done otherwise. Uh, Grief is all in there. Sorrow, loss. It's really hard. And yet, how beautiful if you dive into everything you're feeling, even the judgments that arise, and just allow them in a safe place. Hold them. What else can you do? What else needs to be done? Thank you so much for 45 years of compassion, caring for little children, little babies. Wow. That's a life of service. That's something that anyone would be proud of, regardless of how it ends. Yeah, Murph says, Seeking the Heart of Wisdom by Jack Kornfield was the book that really clicked it for me. Yeah, that's a good recommendation too. Jack Kornfield is really good. Um, Jade says, the hardest part is not being prepared for when the emotions are going to hit. You're either constantly waiting for the shoe to drop 
or trying to avoid feeling anything so you're not caught unawares. That's beautifully put. Um, it does feel like that. Here's, here's, um, here's an inquiry for that. What is it that's waiting? What is it that is trying to avoid? Look there, look there and experience. When there's a feeling of anticipation or a feeling of dread, is this gonna show up? What is that? That's just what's happening too. So feel into that energy and realize, oh, that's innocent too. That's the body-mind's conditioning. Of course, it doesn't want to feel these things unaware. It doesn't want, I mean, what are the underlying beliefs that I'll be humiliated if someone sees me cry, that I'll be helpless if I give in to this emotion. I won't be in control. Fear of humiliation, fear of helplessness. Um, my loved ones will disown me, fear of intimacy and fear of abandonment. Those are core human ancient conditionings, fears that guard the truth, that the dragons that guard the treasure that's beyond them, which is the no thing, radiant, unconditional love, perfection, perfect, brilliant radiance, this. But we have to see those dragons. We have to actually understand that they're there and not let them run the show. Of course, we don't do this. It's kind of a, we become surrendered. Surrender happens when the energetic conditions are right and it's a grace, honestly. Uh, Leslie, it's Awake, It's Your Turn by Angelo DeLulo. You can search my website to zdogmd.com. I did a series of interviews with Angelo. He is wondrous. He has a we um, YouTube channel as well, Simply Always Awake, and his book link is there. And Brown says, Nick, you nurses are the reason I'm a nurse, trauma in loss of a twin. Wow. Wow, that's a deep, deep one. Trauma in that sense is beautiful because it can lead to the unfolding of a life in a certain directionality that wouldn't have been otherwise. You're a nurse because of that trauma. I think many nurses can tell that same story. A lot of love for her here. That's beautiful. All right. Well, probably we should uh, wrap up, huh? Yeah, I don't know how long we've been going. Oh, about an hour. Okay, yeah, we should probably wrap up. All right. Thanks for spending some time here, this presence <laughs> together.
maybe we'll just um, sit in silence for a bit, people who want to sit, and then we'll wrap up. Hmm? Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithms to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.